The future is bulletproof. The aftermath is secondary. It's time to do it loud and do it proud. Killjoys, make some noise. And welcome to the Mike Flares podcast coming to you today from the Information Superhighway. My name is Martin O'Dwyer and I am your host. And joining me, as always, is your host, Connor O'Brien. How are we doing today, Connor? Super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? Good, I'm good. You look like you enjoyed the intro. Uh, it was good. I liked it. Um, sometimes, I, I, sometimes I forget that we do intros. Um, and. Uh, I'm like there. I completely spaced. I was not ready for you to present me with any sort of intro. So when you did, it kind of caught me off guard. That was good. That was good. Good. Uh, good. I'm doing well. Um, I'm melting mm. because it's it's 29 degrees here in Ireland, Denmark today, uh, which is may not seem like much. That's Celsius, by the way. Yeah. You Americans out there, uh, just translating. It's like uh, 60 something Fahrenheit, maybe. <laughs> I'm taking a guess. Fahrenheit. I'm gonna check it now. It is 84. Oh, I was way wrong. Oh wow, yeah. I'm gonna stick to uh, the, the the one that makes sense to me, which is Celsius. Yeah. Uh, it is very hot, and I don't I don't even know that that's necessarily hot for people that live in certain places. Uh, but for us, in a, in a place where you, we get we get two weeks of sunshine a year, if we're lucky, um, and you have to sacrifice to the heat at all. You have to sacrifice a class of 18 year olds to get those two weeks as well. <laughs> Martin is referring <laughs> to the fact that um, it's a it's a common occurrence. Uh, what would you call it? Like uh, tradition. It's tradition. <laughs> um, uh, some sort of cosmic tradition that um, on the two good weeks we typically get every single year that are absolute gorgeous, blazing sunshine. Um, it tends to be the two weeks that the final exams for secondary school students are going on, and they're stuck inside yeah. non air conditioned classrooms with the sun beating through the windows. It happened to me. It happened to me. Almost everyone I know. Yeah. I'm adamant it's like some long cosmic hangover from like our ancient like druidic past where like to ensure a good summer, at least some weeks of good summer, that the young were like yeah. sacrificed. And it's just like a hangover from that now where like every two weeks instead of like blood sacrifice, we just make kids go through possibly one of the most stressful experiences of their entire lives. We just give twenty something uh, eighteen year olds heat stroke instead. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh, oh man. man. I, I, I remember that I had a couple of exams that I got seated next to the window and it was raw. I, I was kind of in the middle of the room for one of my final exams, which was and on, on the ro- afternoon, so it's the second exam of the day, so it's the afternoon exam. I was in the middle of the room and the sun was just about catching me. The next row over, it was not catching and we were facing southward as well, so we got all the heat and it was my technical drawing exam. And I'm there trying to draw with a pencil and a ruler and do my whole thing, and the sweat droplets coming off my brow and dropping onto my page and stuff like that. Oh god, I've I I I can do you one better because the school I went to was kind of a piece of shit. Um, and I remember the last it was I was in on the last day of the leaving cert for our year because I did Italian, and the last two exams yeah. were like Italian and like Greek or something like that, like some some. Yeah, the- the really? less common the subject, the further down the yeah. line it's pushed, which means if you do something like, like French, German, Spanish, you're probably going to get your exam within the first couple of weeks. You might be there on the fourth or fifth week if you have uh, an Italian exam or something like that. Li- yeah. lit- or literally the last exam of the last day. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I was. Every, everybody else is already out. Literally, uh, everyone I knew was getting was out getting drunk. Everyone I knew was out getting drunk. I was raging. Uh, but I remember like sitting in, and the last day, for whatever reason, to break tradition, it was absolutely lashing rain, and there was a leak in the ceiling of the assembly hall that we were doing the exams in, and because it was Italian, oh, there was right. only like fourteen or fifteen of us there, so like we were all kind of seated in a square, with like spaces between, so people couldn't copy and whatever, but like the table ahead of me i just noticed starting this drip drip and i didn't pay it much attention and then like it just continued and then i started hearing it during my exam and like it would be like sploosh sploosh <laughs> i was like what the fuck and i looked up and the entire table in front of me was completely covered in water like about like half an inch of water on the whole table and i just looked up and it wasn't leaking from the roof it was leaking down through the roof do you know those big, like, square, boxy, fluorescent light tubes that they put oh, way no. up? It, 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 had, it had half-filled one of those, and it was leaking out of a hole in the corner of the light tube straight down onto the table. And, like, I remember one of my teachers passed me by, and I was, like, put my hand up, because, you know, I can't speak. Put my hand up, and yeah. he was like, what's going on? And I was like, someone's going to get electrocuted. And just, like, pointed my hand, pointed straight up at it, and the teacher's like, oh, okay. And then, like, disappeared out the door. Five minutes later, came back in and was like, could everyone please pause writing on their exams for a moment and move three rows to the right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Um, I think it was. I think it was uh, junior cert, and it was the very last exam. I want to say was some. It was like CSP or something like that, or it was and CSP. Yeah, CSP. And uh, I, it was. Just, I, it was an exam. I was not doing well, and I'm pretty sure I was copying off my friend Thomas next to me. <laughs> Um, because I, I, it was the page Did where they show you a bunch of politicians and they like name these people, and then I had no idea who anyone was. So Thomas kind of pushed you. It, if did you might not, might not want to admit to cheating on a state exam. Almost thirty. What are they gonna do to me? Not, not let you have a driver's license. Uh, oh no, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is done on this. I was like fourteen at the time. Okay, okay. We we'll just uh, uh, just keep that in mind when you're editing this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, I will do, check it out for the podcast. Do, do some googling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember because it was the, the thing was right. It was the last day of exams, mm. but we were all told that after the final exam was done, we get to come back in and finish our classes for the day. It might have been our, it might have been our mocks actually. I think about it. Oh, uh, that would make it sense. Like our, it was like our our yeah our mock exams. Um, and we were told we had to go back into class after to be the morning exam, and then we'd go back into class for another like three hours. Good luck. Here's the thing: in a, in a, in a year of about 120 people, about 90 people brought in doctors and dentist notes. I kid you not. Like to the point where the principal and vice principal came in with a selection of them in their hands, and they kind of stood at the top, and they were like, "So there's been a lot of requests to leave early for doctors and dentist appointments today." And everyone's like, "Oh wow." <laughs> Tom 
stopped in the shop uh, on the way which my mother was working in uh, and then Tommy Sr. let him know let my mom know that they weren't letting any of us go so on her break she then drove up uh, and, uh, and got me out hero hero absolute yeah. hero what a hero <laughs> oh man I just remember I, I, I like looking back at it I'm like it was three more hours what the, like it doesn't matter what when you're when you're like 15 it's like it's like that's the end of the world three more hours of my life how many more hours do I have a lot is the answer yeah um but it just seemed like such a big deal at the time yeah oh man school memories <laughs> always uh i was gonna say always always fun but that's not true um yeah. same day as uh that last exam we did someone used a weed killer to burn a giant penis into the into the field behind all our classrooms and write class of 2011 on it but they spelt it class c l a a a s <laughs> <laughs> Your, I, I know that your school is kind of out in the middle of the country. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, and that, that burning weeds with weed killer is the most country, <laughs> like, rebel move I've ever heard. Oh, God, it was oh. so, it was so ridiculous. Well, it's such a ridiculous place, man, to be educated. Like, it was oh, just, the, I could tell, I could, I could fill a podcast with just absolutely insane stuff that happened in that school. But not, not today, though, because today we're going to talk about playing virtually. I was thinking nice to be great uh i i was thinking that we should do a podcast at some point that's not at all D and we'll just talk about <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get questions or we'll talk about school and ask us anything something like that ask us anything kind of a thing well, yeah sort of yeah yeah uh that could be interesting. but yes uh today we're absolutely talking about uh digital playing virtually play. playing virtually that's, that's the term yes. thank you yeah uh because I don't know if uh, if any of you have been maybe been in like a coma for the last eighteen months to two years. Um, there's been a, a bit of a, a worldwide. I know YouTube is a bit weird about this, so I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna borrow a term from a, a YouTube channel I watch and call it the global bastard. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys are like, oh, Google, Google might be uh, concerned about the p word. So instead, I'm just going to oh, use yeah. a curse word instead. Oh, no, they don't care about bastard. Um, but, uh, oh, did okay. Pandemic would have been a much better word to use, actually. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, pan- there's been a pandemic on. And because of that, um, we haven't... Oh, I, thought you were saying that. I thought you were saying YouTube was, was iffy about the word pandemic. No, no, no. The, the C word. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but when, when, it's, when it started, if you had that word, if you had the name of the, the, name of the virus in a video... It would get delisted and, mon- and like unmonetized immediately. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I, I guess that was probably to stem yeah. uh, misinformation because at that to start, no one knew what was going on. Least of all people on YouTube making yeah. videos. So yeah. But yeah, uh, as a consequence, that we've all been playing virtually for a fairly significant amount of time now. Uh, me in particular, the campaign I, I'm running, we've actually now done more sessions virtually than we had in person. Oh, I yeah. think we're probably at a a. a 66 33 split in ours um give or take but yeah approximately yeah I think we're on session 68 i think now and i think maybe 20 odd of them 20 20 something of them are are since about the 50s are um virtual yeah yeah also session 68 for my crew um but i think we started playing virtually around session 35 um, so yeah, we've now just outpaced our our, our, in, our in-person sessions, but you know, um, the reason we're bringing it up is because it's it's something 
particularly now with, with with like the pandemic and stuff, a lot of people have just gotten into D and D. The only way you can play D and D now, really, yeah, unless you happen to have a party's worth of people in your home, uh, is to play virtually. And and there's a bunch of different ways you could do it and tools you do. You, I know uh, there was someone that I used to work with who was in a D and D campaign that were playing virtually, and the way they played it was through Facebook Messenger. They would like. Like literally, like almost like a text-based game. Like there'd be. A, I was just gonna ask. Like, yeah, is, is it kind of like a text-based, or like people do on Reddit forums? Sometimes they have role-play forums where they'll they'll do it that way instead. Yeah. yeah, it's really 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 long game, but yeah. Yeah, literally like that. Like literally, they the way and the way they played was was entirely through Facebook Messenger because they were all so busy that was the only way they could play. Um and like, first of all, genius. Second of all, I de- I definitely couldn't do that. <laughs> I'm I'm too much of a dice oh, goblin. I'm uh, even I have. I, I, my dice gremlin activities extend to the virtual realm as well because I have many virtual dice now. <laughs> uh, I I couldn't do it simply because I'm a very short term short term goals person. Mm. And if we were doing that and like after four months, you guys just about made it to the very first goblin cave and we're about to step inside, I'd be like, right, this just isn't working. Uh, I I I just it wouldn't be like it's almost like. It's almost like like kind of torturing yourself because like would you would you rather just not have any water at all or would you rather someone was just putting a droplet <laughs> on your tongue just repeatedly or something like you'd be like what just just give me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have no water or just occasionally someone spits in your face? Uh, yeah, it just it takes so long to resolve literally anything. I mean, like don't get me wrong, roleplay would go by relatively fast because we all know how fast mm-hmm. we can text and how how quickly a text chain will just zoom through um hey zoom that's another platform um we will discuss later yeah uh but yeah i mean like it's just if it came to combat or anything at all like that it just takes so so long you know Um, yeah that would be and like i think it'd be a lot harder to like like if that's the only way you can play and you all are all willing to play that way you have my complete and total respect and particularly to the yeah. dm for keeping track of the chaos that would be that chain of messages particularly if it's if it's anything over like four people in the party that's going to be like down completely the entire way through. Well, i was just going to say that i mean like when we play in person obviously um, people don't typically talk over one another because, as you know, people can see the immediate reaction of someone across the table. So, if you're about to say something, you might notice the other person across the table go, "Oh, oh, yeah," and then you'll go, "Oh, sorry, you go first or whatever." And like people will just be, in theory, um, people will just be polite and and uh, and offer that the other person goes first or whatever. <coughs> but it gets it gets sorted out. There's a little bit of that when it comes to playing uh, over video, and um, because there is a bit of a delay. So sometimes one person will already be three or four words into a sentence and then someone else will start talking because mm-hmm. they haven't gotten that that person has started talking yet. And it gets a little bit muddled sometimes. If you're talking about a text chain where someone might respond and then not look at their phone again for another 10, 15, 20 minutes, like a- anything, a huge amount of text could come through in that time. And then like you might have to go back and be like, oh crap, I missed like... 20 messages give me a second there and then you have to scroll through and read it all i took how much damage (laughs) (laughs) oh and like i was just thinking as well like if you're doing that again i i commend anyone who because i like dna is such a fantastic hobby and i do love playing it so so much if you find any way at all to make any version of the game that you're happy to play work for you brilliant and i'm 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 thrilled Mm -hmm. that you're getting into the hobby um 
but like there's, there's times we're playing in person and I forget that a certain spell was cast the previous turn when it was only like maybe 30 seconds or a minute ago let alone if, if uh, the previous turn came I don't know 30 minutes or an hour ago or something and we're still waiting for this other person and then they don't read back through it and they don't realize that that person has already cast shields so their AC is currently 22 yeah. and whatever you know I just have this image in my head of do you know that bit in the Simpsons where Homer's Mr. Burns is assistant and he's like have I missed any messages and he's like you have oh yeah um, your car has been clamped uh, you have 30 minutes to come and have your car unclamped your car has been impounded your car is going to be crushed in a cube you have 30 minutes to collect your cube I can see someone yeah. being like so like they have to they have to go and like get food from like they have to go and pick up like food from the delivery guy and you come back and it's like you take 30 damage you may need to make a dexterity save we rolled it for you you failed you took another 60 damage you needed to make a dex save you need to make a new character <laughs> <laughs> that has the potential to go very uh very grim very fast yeah I, um, just the, the death spiral that unfolded in my head there when i saw that like i'll be right back guys and it's like okay uh the dragon's going to use its fire breath can i get a can i get a, a dex save from everybody and you come back and like oh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every, everyone's just putting all you see on your full screen is just uh, sad face emojis and crying face yeah. emojis and you're like what happened you scroll up and you're like oh I'm dead okay. and an invitation <laughs> to a new group chat <laughs> yeah yeah um, Which, uh, uh, yeah it, it's, it's a really like it actually makes me think of something there as well because like um, it's, a, it's marginally off topic but um, it's like absentee players or mm. players who just can't make it for a week or something like that um, that comes up we we have a small we have only a four person group so we typically don't play if one person can't make it because yeah. but if you have a big group with like six seven eight people uh trying to trying to wrangle those cats is uh <laughs> is a is a much bigger job so like sometimes you may have to play with six people and two people aren't there or something like that um and that's something yeah. i always find a bit weird because then you have to like uh does someone pilot that person um does that person just kind of pop out of existence for the sake of this and then they're kind of just back and we don't we, we'll kind of smooth over the cracks of continuity there yeah um and uh, stuff like that there was uh, and also do, do you do you let someone die in in the campaign if they're if they're absent for a week you know can someone be killed or you know can uh like i i think i don't know i it, it's it's a weird one because like i think a lot of people not all but a lot of people might just be like hey i can't make it. i'm really sorry guys it's short notice you can play on without me whatever it's cool yeah but then if that character dies during that week just because of the way events unfold you know nothing malicious no no um ill intent or anything like that it's just your character was the fighter so he was in the front line and then i mean the the troll had to attack him it made the most sense that the troll would attack him and you know it just kind of unfolded that way do you do you cut the character a break or or you know do you say oh he's just mortally wounded and you can maybe you can play him again in a few sessions time once he's had some time some downtime to heal up or something like that you know there was um a really good solution for this that i saw in um an xp to level three video from uh mm. jacob from that channel and he was saying he had a he had it was like an entity that existed in his universe like that was like this thing i think it was called like the keeper or something but basically any time where because i think he had a large party any time where a player couldn't make it or if multiple players couldn't make it this like gray door in space would appear and out from it would come this like hooded figure the keeper with a lantern that would lead the players who couldn't make it into this alternate dimension where they were basically being suspended animation until when they could next join the party then the keeper would lead them back out again 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's an interesting idea, and I kind of just it's it's kind of it's that's essentially the um, you pop out of existence thing, but they're kind of it's a little bit of a lower reason to it. Yeah. I think it's not too bad. That's not a terrible one. That kind of happened to you very early on in our very yeah, first. I got a magic game. item out of it. It was late. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, because you had you had like a story thing where when you got pulled out of existence, you were torn into the elemental plane of ice for some reason, and then when you came back, you had a spear made of pure ice that did like a, a, a d4 extra ice damage. Uh, d6, I believe. D6, yeah. 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 Uh, and we were, we were like level 2 or 3 as well. So. <laughs> I think we were, ju- we were just 3, yeah, it was pretty we sweet. Three, it yeah. was pretty, we also had the the, um, the necrotic sword that could cast... Um, Dimension door. Dimension door. Dad also did like a D6 necrotic. So like all our melee fighters had some pretty hefty weapons for early level. Yeah, absolutely. That was fun. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to talking about uh, playing virtually, the uh, basic tools that you're gonna need to um, kind of get this together would be like you if you really want to give it a shot, you could try the Facebook group chat thing that I mentioned. One of one of my one of my friends I used to work with um, did. But personally, what I would recommend. Uh, get some kind of video conferencing uh, program, uh, get a headset with a mic, and then like a, a, a PC, a tablet, or a phone will even do, because you can get all pretty much all the programs on a phone as well. Um, and then just like get a group of people together who all want, who are all going to do it, and um, you'll also probably need like a virtual tabletop as well to play. And we can get into some of the um, what exactly what that is and uh, what ones we use and what ones we think are good and what ones are just out there um, in a little bit but uh, currently so we all uh, our setup for your campaign at the moment Connor is uh, we use Hangouts Google Hangouts uh, which is free or you can just make a Google account and you can just join into any Google Hangouts and use the web thing um, it's probably not the best one but it's good it, it works for what we need it to do it has a chat and we can mute ourselves and uh, and stuff like that. So I mean, it, it has all the basic functions there, and again, it is free, so I uh, yeah. can't really complain. Um, and then, as for like a, a virtual tabletop, we do use Roll Twenty, um, which uh, I was uh, somewhat reluctant to to use at a time. But when, when the pandemic when the pandemic first hit, I was kind of like um, I was kind of a little bit uh, reluctant to play digitally. I'm like, no, no, we'll just we'll wait it out, and <laughs> you know, in a couple months' time or in a few weeks' time, we'll be able to play, and it'll be grand. Little did I know, eighteen bloody months later, um, we'd still be in this. But uh, I, I, I caved after a while and stuff. It's just, uh, and I started. It, the thing, the thing that bothered me, I think about it, was just that uh, although Roll Twenty is a really robust tool, and now I quite like it, I like it quite a lot. Um, it was, it was a, it was an extra thing I had to learn mm. and an extra thing I had to prep as well before a session because. What I loved about playing in person is that I have one of the uh, dry or the wet erase um, mats you can put on a yes. table, and I have all the hexes and the squares already on it. So, no matter what encounter you guys come across, um, I don't need to prep it in advance or whatever like that. Some some of them I do. If it's a boss fight, I'll do something slightly bigger maybe. Um, but uh, I liked that I was able to just take the pen, draw the rough outline of the room, put in a couple of hazards. This is a pillar. This is a doorway here. You know, this is the corner, uh, and I'd put a couple of mini, throw a couple of random minis down that I have on the shelf waiting, and then we're good to go in the space of about five minutes less, even. Um, whereas when it comes to Roll20, it's really, really good, but it's not, for me anyway, it's not the kind of thing that I, I feel that if uh, a combat came up that I wasn't planning, mm. um, that came out of left field for me, I wouldn't go, cool, 
let me open up roll 20 there and I'll put something together because it would likely take me uh, 15 minutes if not 20 minutes to put something decent together that would illustrate what we're doing and stuff like that so yeah no it definitely uh, there's definitely like an extra level or a barrier um, mm -hmm. uh, with, with playing digitally and it comes up in many ways like you already mentioned there's the inherent kind of delay on comms uh, pretty much with every video software you use like the most common ones I know yeah. people have been using for D&D &D recently uh, Zoom uh, which, the, which the major drawback to Zoom is unless you have a professional account from maybe like your job or something um, they limit you to 45 minutes um, for the call so the call will just kick everybody out and you'd have to restart every 45 minutes which is a bit of a pain what uh, does a Zoom Pro account go for now? Oh, I'm honestly not sure because as soon as I didn't have one, I just started. I switched over to uh, another thing. Uh, I also use uh, Google Hangouts for for my games. Uh, I find it, like Connor said, very very uh, easy to use, straightforward. Has most has pretty much all the tools I would need, and also you know it has fun stuff like virtual backgrounds and uh, attached to it. So like, if your players want to like, if you have like art of your character or something, you could put it up behind you or just like thematically appropriate kind of backgrounds. We always do that kind of stuff in, um, and in our games and sometimes just do it to make each other laugh or try and put Connor off when he's narrating. Uh, that's usually a good crack. Um, and Discord as well, of course, which is um, actually what we record the podcast on as well. Um, but it's Discord has a, a, a lot of really, really good features. Um, it's got lots of really good, uh, like you can have multi-person video calls as well and um, multi-person just voice calls uh, there's text channels everything like that and discord is also free and connor i think may have the the price of a, a pro zoom account for us for right now yeah so they have it there's a few different ones here there's like pro business education and stuff the pro one it can be from one to nine licenses and if it's one yeah if it's one license for the pro account it comes in as it comes in at thirteen ninety nine euro uh, a month, or if you get an annual one, you pay eleven sixty six a month. If I'm reading this, yeah, I think if you opt in for a full annual, if you pay slightly less on it, so, that, so you're talking about a hundred plus quid a year, one twenty one thirty for a year. Uh, I mean, I know it's a good program and stuff. I've I, and I've used it. Uh, yeah. Other people who have it up for for work and stuff like that, and I know it's quite, quite robust and quite popular. Um, I didn't know that I could justify paying that. Um, yeah, that's. But I, I, when you said thirteen ninety nine, I thought that was like you know that's the price. I didn't realize it no, was a month. It's, it's, like oh, that's, that's monthly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I was about I to go. Oh, that's like... kind of good. I didn't know because that's like what that's 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 twelve thirteens or if you get the um cheap the annual version that's still twelve eleven so that's gonna come yeah. out at well, like a hundred and twenty hundred and thirty quid. Yeah, yeah, it's still a lot. Um, like I said, it's, if you have the money and you, and you want a good one, and I would think the problem is you, you'd all want to be willing to mm. to buy it. Is the problem, and that's the thing. It's not, it's not a case of just a DM can get it. Everybody there would have to. Or can, no, can, no, no. As long as one person has a pro Zoom account, a host. they can host yes, the call yeah. and invite everybody. So in. that's actually that's actually not too bad. Yes, yeah, I think um, my friend Aaron did it for a few quizzes and stuff yeah. like that during the lockdown. Um, Aaron has a pro one at the time, so we were able to do the, the long calls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used so, yeah, to have pro I mean, it's, Yeah, if one person's winning or one person has it just for work, because it is a very common workplace video, you know? um, yeah. video chat thing. Um, yeah, definitely uh, use it because it is, like I said, it's really. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they, one of the big selling points that they push is that they have very very low latency, so you don't yeah. get that. Um, you don't get that delay in audio and stuff like that. Uh, did, yeah, they, you still are at the mercy. The, one of the biggest things as well, and this applies to pretty much every video conferencing software, you are all at the mercy of your ISP. 
Um, so if your internet yeah. is having a bad day, regardless how good the program is, you're still going to have some issues, and there and there probably will be some latency. Um, uh, I know it happens to us a lot because um, we have uh, players in the same in the, on the same. Actually, in my game, um, I have players on the same connection. Um, and like so, if there's a problem with one one player, there's a problem with two players. Um, and that happens in our game as well sometimes as well. Um, so like it's just things to be aware of, I suppose. When like regardless of what program you choose, um. You're probably, you may have issues just because of your internet connection or something similar. But uh, overall, I think if you had to pick one, Connor, if you had to, uh, Discord, we'll say like Discord, Skype, um, Google Hangouts, you can, I think you can actually do video call through Roll20 as well. But we never took advantage of it. You can, it's not great. Yeah. The audio quality and even the video, what it does is it, kinda, it, it does the thing where it kind of shoves the into the corner as if you're playing like a top-down isometric uh, RPG where all your characters are listed on the side or something yeah. like that. It does a thing where it shoves you all into there and it has your video and it has audio. In my experience and what I've, what, what I've fiddled around with it, it's not particularly great, so I, wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't recommend it, which is, you know, kind of annoying that you have to have Roll20 and another program mm -hmm. open, but it is, it is better um, in my experience, suppose, to use a, a third party in, the, in that sense. And a bit of a disclaimer, I suppose, both myself and Connor have only ever used the free version of Roll20. There is a premium version of Roll20 that's mm -hmm. got a lot of extra features. Um, I'm not too sure what that costs a month. Uh, Connor, could, would you, could you do a, a quick Google first? Um, but I do know it, it's got a lot of, um, like, they've got, like, special lighting tech and stuff like that. They're all included where you can do, like, really dramatic lighting and stuff like that. Um, and lots of other kind of extra tools that you can kind of use to just, uh, I suppose, add a little extra spice to your D&D games when you're playing Roll20. Um, because I think it is fairly, like, you can do theatre of the mind, but personally I think it's fairly necessary to have at least some of the time a virtual tabletop just to, like, keep the immersion, I suppose. Uh, I'm just looking here. So there's obviously the free one. This big long list of stuff you get here now. Um, there's a free one. There's a plus one, mm -hmm. which is either five or a month or sixty quid for the year. Um, or there's one that's a pro one that is nine seventeen a month or uh, one ten for the year. And it has like the, the the pro and the plus have things like no loading screens or no load load uh, load screen ads. Um, sharing table features, dynamic lighting, uh, roll 20 reserved for war, whatever that is, uh, custom character sheets, uh, a bunch of premium ADI assets, access, well. stuff like that, uh, all access character vault, um, oh that's right, I think the all access character vault, they have tokens yeah. on their platform that if you play, if you pay for the higher thing, you basically get these premium tokens that are on their thing, and, and they are very, very good quality tokens, the, yeah. the illustrations are very good. I'll say as well, actually, even the even for the free version of Roll Twenty, just I've used it a ton. Like, uh, the tokens are actually pretty good. You you won't always yeah. find exactly what you need, but you can usually kind of get something close enough, and then maybe like change the color of it or scale it up or down, and you can kind of work mm -hmm. that way. Um, yeah. Not to do. Uh, you can put name tags on things as well. So even if 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 you want, if you need a knight. And this thing, guess guy looks a little bit more like a bandit. You can just put knight on the little name tag below him, and you'll remember that way as well. So you, it's not always one hundred percent, but I mean, we do that with minis as well. You don't always have a, a mini that matches exactly yeah. the character you want, but you're like, ah, this guy's technically an elf. He's not a human, but he'll he'll do for the situation, you know. Oh yeah, I I actually don't own any D and D minis. Even when I'm playing in person, I use um the Paizo uh, bestiary box tokens that are like mm -hmm. they're like a little slat paper slot thing you slot into a base of varying sizes. And stuff like that um so like yeah i think like roll 20 very 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 strong um for like uh the amount of features it offers you can like if you want to just do like 
because I know a lot of people when they do like in person playing, I, I did as well. We we have the 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 dry erase battle map. You will just do kind of a more geometric kind of map where it'll be like, oh, did you know this is the wall? This is a, these are these circles are pillars. This box is yeah. a stair stairs. Um, and like you can do that on on roll twenty if you just want to do that because they they have various kind of like you can draw like various shape drawing tools and stuff like that. But if you want to get into the more kind of like almost like you like what would be the virtual equivalent of like almost like a dwarven forge or something like that they have all these like they have like very specific like background tiles like i did one where it was like a sea where it was like a ship combat so i could like put like a whole ocean underneath it and then put, then put a ship on top of it and then put all the figures on top of that and then like if you want to you can do stuff you, you can do like fog of war like you use it a really good dungeon god for us recently using the fog of war um to yeah that, uh, I, I hadn't used it previously and i kind of stumbled across it um and it's it's it, it is exactly what it says it is it's so it, it's one thing that if we do go back to but not even if but when we go back to playing in person i will miss because mm. for me to do a fog of war in person means building out the map or drawing out the the map and all the different rooms on paper or on the on the wet race or something like that and then uh either having the room segmented that i can go okay currently you're in this room okay you open the door there's a corridor and i place down the next piece of paper that's the shape of the corridor or something like that um or the alternative then is to like uh is to throw like black pieces of paper or just other pieces of paper over it so people can't see what's coming next or mm. what the rooms look like next um and that's just kind of very finicky to do um this fog of <coughs> feature is actually really really brilliant because um i was able to draw out a full dungeon uh and have the guys go through it room by room and i can even manage it right down to like exactly where they're standing if they're like i go just to the edge of the doorway and i look in and i'm like cool I will draw a line, a very specific line across the room on the, on your specific cone of vision. As if you're again, as if you're playing like an isometric uh, game, like uh, like old school Metal Gear Three or um, what's the other one they have? Mm, uh, it's oh. not. It's 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 Obsidian make it. Um, Deadfire Pillars Pillars of Eternity. Oh, I was I went straight to the vision cones from Metal Gear. Uh, or, or that yeah yeah um but yeah um Pillars of Eternity do it as well where you can. If you turn a corner, you'll see the the line pivot with your character oh, okay. that represents their field of view and stuff like that. Um, so, but you can do that very, very literally with your players and stuff. And we that was probably one of the better dungeon crawls I think we ever did because we were able to manage it so well like that. You know? Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. Like that's definitely one of the big advantages of um, uh, of playing virtually. I, I could see someone even like playing virtually if they just like you know they don't have any tokens, they don't have any, they don't want to buy a battle map. Um, like all you really need is is roll twenty. I think you, you can even roll dice in it. Like if you if you don't if you don't have dice, because yeah, it's a virtual dice yeah. roller as well. Um, I one thing I will say about roll twenty is um, if you're using it to roll dice, some of the commands to roll dice are a bit finicky. Um, they're oh. a bit detailed. Um, like I think I remember like when I figured out how to roll advantage on roll twenty, it looked like a maths equation. It was like these two big brackets. It was like kh twenty plus one and kh twenty minus. I was like, what does this even? I don't understand what it means. Yeah. All I know is it means I'll roll at advantage. <laughs> Actually, let me just check there now. I don't. I, I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, roll twenty. Just look at the other premium versions and stuff like that to see if they have. Uh, an additional option that give that that's good like because like, if you do it on um D D Beyond, yes. even excluding the fact that they have the three D rendered dice and stuff like that on screen, forget all that, you can still just click into a menu, click the amount of D tens you want to roll, and then hit roll. And it does it very simply. 
it wouldn't like it doesn't have to be uh, again rendered in 3D and roll across the screen and stuff like that, which is a nice feature. But um, I'm surprised that Roll20 hasn't just built in a click how many D6s you want and then click the roll button and stuff because it, it it would seem a very if all the because... code is already there, you just have to assign that code and that command to a button and then that button will will. It's because I think the no. command to do that in Roll20 is very, very short. It's one of the, it's one of the things that Roll20 actually like, is if you want to roll like 10d10, you just go slash r 10d10. Yeah. Or sorry, or sorry, r slash 10d10. I'm lazy, that's what I'm trying to say, I'm lazy. But, like, all, the, but like the work in like hitting the d10 button 10 times versus going r slash 10d10. Yeah, but see, then you gotta like type it. And you're pressing multiple different keys, whereas if you just click the same thing multiple times, it's the same action over and over again. So I don't know. So we know which a Connor, which of the seven deadly sins Connor would be. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh god, I'm gluttony for sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of, um, I suppose it's probably a good time to bring it up because you've mentioned it there. Probably what I would consider the most useful tool we have at the moment for playing virtually. I know there is a cost associated with it. But it's it's a I would consider it very worthwhile, and that is D and D Beyond, which is the official digital toolset from uh, Wizards of the Coast for D and D. Um, yeah, we've been using it for the entirety of your current of, of your current of our current campaign with you. No, we we no. swapped over part way through. I thought we 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 changed yes, over. Yes, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. We were yes. still playing in person, so it was pre-pandemic. It was quite early um, though. We changed over, though, wasn't it? Yeah, you guys are. Uh, it was like I say first three level levels, left. I think. Like. Yeah, yeah, four, level three, four, five, something like that. It was early anyway. Um, and I only did, I was kind of reluctant to move to this thing because we already had a uh, a different application that we you, we paid for. It was only cheap. It was like, it was like one ninety nine. Yeah, it was two, like two euro for like the professional yeah. version, which was grand. Yeah, and it let you, it had all the character, uh, all the classes, all the races, all the stuff you need on it. Um, it didn't. It didn't do as much as the indie beyond. Yeah. But if you have a book next year, you can get. A, you can look something up anyway. So it's no big deal. Um, so we used that for the entire last campaign, and then for the first few levels of this campaign. And it, uh, the only reason that uh, there was a big sale at one point on all the D and D books, and I'm like, and it was, it was probably the biggest sale they did. Um, and I remember Gavin told me about it. And he was like, "Oh, you should go on and grab a few books now." And and because he he had started, he mm -hmm. was just kind of getting into D and D, so he was immediately jumping onto D&D Beyond, whereas I'd already bought all the physical books and stuff up to that point already, yeah. and I'm like, I don't want to be doubling down on purchases and all this, um, but I got them at such a good at such a good bargain that I, I decided to move over then. And when I started using it, there's so many features, and they continue to add features to D&D Beyond. It's, it's our main tool now. Even when we go back to playing in person, we will still track all our character sheets on that application. Yeah, it's it's just too useful. Um, like I think the only thing that will be abandoned from it when we do go back to rolling in person will be we'll, we'll definitely be rolling physical dice again. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is, I, I, I might use it occasionally because monsters yeah. tend to roll multiple dice more often than players do. Um, and I don't want to have to have multiple you know dozens and dozens of dice in my tray or whatever but I, I i typically keep i keep a tray of this size that's two full sets there and that's usually enough that's usually all i need do you, uh, and i'll roll them in person slight slight uh slight swerve from the point here but do you remember the time when um mike got off a full damage delayed fireball and we ha we had to like get d6s from everyone at the table like everyone yeah, cleared he, out he, all he of the d6s oh yeah me the dm i had to give him my d6s yeah. so he could roll so the x amount how many, how many d6s i think it was, it was 20 d6 
I'll double check the fireball now. I know we because uh, we, I I know we have a video of it, and he like he like rolls nineteen of them into, and it's just the sound it makes is like hail on a tin roof, and then there's just one left, and he just like flicks it in, and it just lands. Uh, it was just like the most ridiculous thing to see in person. Was like oh. Uh, 20d6 is possible in D&D for a player. It was just like, what? Uh, one second now. Uh, so does 12d6 at a base. Um, if at the end of your turn the beat has not yet detonated, the damage increases by a d6. So, and it lasts for, it's concentration for a minute, so it, it's 22. Because there'll be 10, 10 additional d6 on top of that. And if you cast it at, it's a 6 level spell? It's a seven level spell. So if you cast at eight, nine, you can cap out at twenty-four. But I think Mike did twenty-two. Yeah. Um, oh, that uh, was so absurd. D uh, six, uh, and, and we were like, "Oh, you can like use a, a dice roll," and he's like, "No, give me all your d 6 Oh god, man, that was that was absolutely absurd, and I loved it. Uh, loud, hearing that many dice fall, but yeah, uh, I did a. And the, the 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 best part about that is that he was actually fighting Yi at the time because I had him under. Oh geese, yeah, so. yeah. Geese, geese. Uh, I guess. Yes, I, yeah, so I think it is. Yeah, that's how I've always said it. So I'm sticking with it. <laughs> it does sound better than geese. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's with uh, a guess because I think it's a it's a I think it's like a Celtic word in its origin. Okay. Uh. Well. Yeah. But he he was. I had a, I had that done to him by the bad guy, and then he was defending the bad guy mm. from Yi. Um. <laughs> And I think he cast it on the, the the dwarf rogue, and then goes. Now I use. I, I think he the, the roll bit of stars. He's a sorcerer, so I think I want to say he used quicken spell to cast it as a bonus action, and then he uses an action to use his robe of stars, and he goes, "Okay, now I just go into the ethereal, into the <laughs> astral sea, or whatever." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go there, and then no one can interrupt my, interrupt my concentration, and I'm just gonna wait it out." And he did. <laughs> Oh man, it was nasty. But yeah, um, to get back to the thing, roll twenty. Uh, just as a brief breakdown, you're so it's got a basic set of tools that it will give to everybody. Um, it, we've kind of talked about it a little bit more in our how to get started playing D and D episode, where we kind of yep. went went through what they offer as a base on roll twenty. But the gist of it is, um, you're probably better off to buy the books on roll twenty. Um, if you're playing if you're playing virtually, yeah, because I like. I have I have five or six of the D and D books currently, but at one point, I, as soon as Roll Twenty became our main thing, I basically stopped buying physical books now because I just don't have the space for them. And I, it's just super super convenient to just be able to go, oh, what? Jeez, I've like ten minutes. Um, what do I, what do I want to what do I want the guys to fight today? And just like pull out my phone and pull up the app on the phone and be like, okay, filter by oh yeah, uh, monsters that can fly, CR twelve to sixteen, and we'll say like monstrosities. And let's see what's there. Yeah. And like that's actually how I get inspiration for a ton of my um a ton of my encounters. I will just see oh, what's same. there, and if it looks cool, I'm like, oh, you're fighting this that this week, boys. <laughs> yeah, you can, and and like honestly, I that's how I used to spend a lot. I, I used to spend way more time planning D and D, um, when I used to use books exclusively mm-hmm. because I would I would just flick through Volo's guide and the monster manual and stuff like that, trying to see is there any monster jumping out at me this week that I want to put into this place that they're going blah blah blah. Um, whereas now I can I can go flick through the books if I want, but and I, and sometimes I do, but other times I'll just be like, cool, I know they're in a glacier frozen place, and I'm like, cool, and I'll look for because uh, I'm pretty sure you can search by environment. You can indeed. Um, and I'll search by environment, and then I'll go probably like I don't know, 
maybe a monstrosity or maybe whatever maybe i'll do monstrosities or maybe i'll do like undead or something like that and i'll put both those tags in so it gives me all the monstrosities and undead you might find inside of a a, a frozen arctic region or something then um and it does make it way way easier to to stay thematically what's the word thematically uh consistent um when, when you're planning a, a particular um set of sessions you know because you might be like cool they're going to this place i know that this place is full of dragons mm. so i want all the draconic dragon creatures everything from from guard drakes up to wyverns and then true dragons i want all those staff blocks and i'm going to populate this area with them and you can very very easily just pull a bunch of dragon staff blocks in and be like cool i'll have them fight some drakes here and a wyvern here and all this other stuff um and yeah it, just, it, it makes it, it just means i'm not i'm not there sitting in front of the television watching a television show but half flicking through the book waiting for something to jump out at me um, it means I can I can be more proactive and, and search instead of having to be like because there's obviously if you have your, your monster manual you have your bolo's guide you have um, uh, Mordenkainen's Mordenkainen Tome I was blanking there but it's in front of me um, your Mordenkainen's and those are kind of like those are the three ones I use primarily but the thing is there's other monster stat blocks that are in like Tomb of Annihilation and Storm Against Thunder and stuff like that and, and some of them aren't even listed in the compendium at the back of the book they're specifically only on the page in which they show yeah. up in the adventure and stuff like that so you might miss a lot of them uh, and it's very difficult to search that stat block or whatever I used to have to use a lot of little tags on the book <laughs> and I had to write the name of the monster on it and then I'd be like cool I have these three encounters planned and, but then like I think this encounter is like one of these creatures and, and four of these creatures are like following it or something but they're from two different books now we need to have two different books open on the table <laughs> at all times uh and there was there was honest to god there were sessions where i had my notebook uh immediately next to it or my notebook sitting on the right hand page of the monster manual and on the left hand page is one of the monsters i'm using and then on a small side table down below I have a little book stand with a page open and the book facing up to me. I remember this. Yeah, you had like a three-tier system. <laughs> I literally had like three source books open for the amount of monsters I was using in a single fight. Uh, it, uh, and I think one, oh, I think the third one was like either Creature, I think it was Creature Codex, the first Creature Codex book. So I had like three big books open and delicately balanced on, and there was a desk behind me, so I had it on my computer desk over my keyboard as well. Yeah. And I was there, and I was trying to like, bounce back and forth between three different books all over the place while also trying to run the session in front of me like um i would dnd beyond you just don't have that because again it's all there in front of you in in an encounter when you build an encounter all the monsters are listed and if you need to check their stat block in the moment you just click their name and the stat block appear, appears on the right hand side it's yeah. yeah i would i would i would say the two probably most relevant and best actually three most relevant and best features as as a part of D and D beyond, once you have so once you have someone who has access to book has the books and the access and stuff, and you're in a campaign on D and D beyond, um, I'd say the three best things you have they're, they're for both players and the end. We've got the I would say the um, combat tracker, or the role tracker, mm -hmm. which is just yeah. a, a tab that can you can lock in place or open and close on D and D beyond when you're in a campaign, and it's literally just a complete history of all the roles done in the campaign if you forget a role you can go back and look it up it'll tell you what the role was for you can click on it and see exactly what you rolled what your bonus was um and like if someone's like oh i used you know i i oh i cast i, I what did you do the damage for this spell to this guy say like you lightning bolt someone's like oh did you do the damage to that and, and you're like you look at the guy's health and you're like hmm 
I'm not sure. And then you like go up and look, okay, that's how much damage that should have been done off this. I have his max health here. I know what he's taken already. Okay, so we did do that. Yeah, we're fine. You can like double check yeah. a lot of the questions that will come up naturally as part of D&D. Because it, again, it, it can be very hard to keep track of things when you've like multiple um, incoming things to go through. Um, I The other one I would mention would be what you've already said, the encounter builder, which is, I even though they, they have it, it's tagged as in beta. Oh, it's, it's extremely. I don't know why. I really don't know why. At this point, it's it's so well rounded. At this point, I don't know why it's still taxes and beta, but whatever. Yeah, it, I think it's just so that if uh, if anything does go wrong, they can be. Like, hey, look, it's beta. Beta is beta. You know, uh, yeah, and yeah. they can fix it. But uh, yeah, extremely robust. Lots of really great tools, particularly once you have the books um on your on your digital account on D and Beyond. Um, I absolutely adore. Like, and it it's great because it'll give you you've all the filtering options that we were talking about earlier when we were just looking for monsters as as, as including it then on your left hand side it'll give you like your party you can imp- you, they, they, and then as you add things it will tell you what the difficulty scale is on it um and you can kind of like tweak that and like uh, you can even do stuff like say if you have like paired monsters like if it's if it's two creatures working as a working as a team in tandem or something like two guards on patrol you can put them in um, so you can add one guard and then you can just click a plus on the guards that are added and it'll scale that up to two and it will roll them both um initiative at the same time in the like, same initiative yeah. yeah yeah if you want to if you want to do it that way i go for hordes as well if you have yes. hordes of creatures or oh i didn't even wolves, think of have a whole pack of wolves act in one turn they they all act on the same turn which is you know can be interesting that'd be, um, yeah that'd be really good for what we were talking about last week which was uh, not last week like the week before last which was mass combat um that would yeah. be super good for that because we have a few things talking about like using minions and stuff like that really really good um and as well then just the, the character builder the character builder in dnd beyond is absolutely excellent uh yeah absolutely i mean like it has uh, depending on the on the resources that you have access to within dnd beyond and like you can purchase the books the source books and stuff yourself or yeah if you're added to a campaign where someone else already has them everybody in the campaign shares the books with everybody else mm. or is it just dm that just the, the dm shares with everyone dm shares with everybody so so like i have uh, access to books that i don't have because gavin has them because you're in gavin's campaign he has shared those books with you and then you dm yeah. the campaign i'm a part of so i have access to those books yeah yeah so, so like so we, my we, players have access to gavin's books which is kind of hilarious <laughs> does it work that way yeah because i have because i have access to the book so i can put the monsters in it Oh man, okay. It's this yeah, crazy it's, waterfall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, it, it works out super well that like, very much like if you were at a table, mm-hmm. only one person needs to have the source books. Not every single person needs to buy the books. Uh, you literally need one player's handbook at a table. There's no need to have any more, really. Absolutely. Um, and like, if you wanted to, you could even take it as a group thing. Where if all of you guys really want to play, you could wait. Like, and to be totally fair to Wizards and D and D, they've put on sales. I'd say very often. Oh, I'd say they do it monthly, don't they? Yeah, more or less. There's like I, I swear to God, like every second time I open D and D Beyond, it's like twenty percent off now. Use code this, and then they have bundles and stuff like that as well. So like it, they make it very easy actually to kind of collect the books as you go. Like if you can only, like said, like kind of saying, like if you could only say when you when you're starting up can only get like Monster Manual, Mordenkainen's Tome, and um, now I've forgotten it. What was the other one? God damn it. Uh, um, Zantaris? No. Mordenkainen's. Mordenkainen's. Yeah, Monster Manual Mordenkainen's. That was the third one. Volos? Volos. Thank you. Thank you. Volos. Yeah. yeah. If you could say you could only you can only afford to get those three when you start. So you basically get all the monster stuff. And the, and we'd say like the, 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 um, the DMG. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The acronym was messing my brain up something fierce there. I know, yeah. 
There's the PHB, the DMG, yeah. the MM. Uh. <laughs> HTGE, which is Xanthar's Guide to Everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you say you can only get those. Like, as time goes on, there'll be multiple sales while you're on the Indie Beyond. We'll be like, oh, look, I could get Xanthar's for like 15 quid or 10 quid because it's on like some crazy sale, or I could get like 20 quid off it because it's on sale. Um, so they do make it pretty easy to pick the stuff up as you go. And the content sharing have... is awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at it here so they also make bundles out of various different books as well which make it way more affordable just for example the source bundle here which has player's handbook dungeon master's guide monster manual sword coast volo sanitize mordenkind it's wayfinders guild master's guide Ooh. acquisitions inc and both everon books would normally cost 418 quid to buy individually it's two it's just shy of 300 it's 298 it's just shy of 300 if you buy them in the bundle which is still a lot of money don't get me mm. wrong but you are getting uh 10 plus books there and you're saving yourself about 120 quid so and the thing is as well i i, I could i could be wrong on this you might know this better if you already own a book from a bundle do they mark down the cost of that book out of the bundle i think i honestly don't know because i didn't get any bundles when i i did the thing you did when they did that massive sale and i just bought like individual books because the discount applied to each item yeah let me just double check here now yeah maybe not i, I could have sworn that was a thing before um yeah i could have sworn it was a thing before maybe maybe I'm, I'm misremembering it but i could have sworn that it was a thing that if you already own three of the books out of this 10 book bundle of they will cut and tack the cost off of that. I could be getting mixed up with PSN right now. I think you might be thinking of PSN. Because PSN often does that. I could be getting mixed up. But, uh, yeah. uh, but either way, I mean, like, I suppose. It, it could, I mean, that, that's the great thing is if you're sharing, you're all in the same campaign. Um, what it means is that if four people want to get together, or three, let's say three or four people want to get together and, and they're like, cool, uh, the Dungeon Master is like, I'll buy the DMG. Will you buy the player's handbook? It only costs us 30 quid each, you know, uh, you, you'll buy this, you'll buy this, and four of us will buy the four core books, or three core books and maybe volos or something like that. Mm. And then we'll be like, cool, we, so we have those, and now we're going to play the game, and it only costs us 30 quid instead of each of us spending 120 or something like that. You know? Yeah, and uh, as well then, like they're, they're, like we were saying earlier, they have like the virtual on the character sheets, and you can actually roll on your character sheets. Like pretty much every skill you have, every skill you have will have like a toggle mm -hmm. on it where you can click a button, and if you have them enabled, virtual 3d dice will literally roll across the screen for you which is super awesome um for all, all you dice gremlins out there like me um uh they're really really good um just like and as well because i know it was a thing that we often ran into with the previous app that we used to load our character sheets on mm -hmm. um like class features and stuff like that on the older sheet on the older app if they would often give like an abbreviated version of yeah, the description yeah it's, it's not the exact word yeah it's like a shortened version whereas on with dnd beyond because it's the official tool set like you'll have you'll have say like for a when i look on logs things like you'll have rage bonus action activate to go into a rage uh, x amount of times a day if i click on that it will give me the full list of conditions for rage what happens when i rage how rage ends and all this kind of stuff everything about it it will do that for every facet of your character sheet if you want a deeper explanation of what's going on and i think that is such a good resource for like newer players Oh, you, you can also do, uh, you can sort by what type of action it is. You can yes. sort by actions, bonus actions, and stuff like that. So if you take your action and you cast a cantrip or something like that, and then the DM is like, oh, would you like to do anything as a bonus action? You can specifically click on bonus actions, see what you have available as bonus actions, and then you know, decide from there. But it's really great because it's you don't always have all that information right in front of you. So being able to sort through it really, really, really efficiently is brilliant. And like you said, the, the ability to... 
to just be able to click on stealth, there'll be a little button next to stealth, to click on it, and it will show plus seven or whatever, and it'll roll the dice for you and add the seven to it automatically, and then it, it, it can be very, very helpful. Um, so, it, and I think it does streamline things an awful lot as well. So. Yeah, I like, obviously, like, it's our main, it's both of our main tools for DMing at the moment, and I think it, it, it like, the, the encounter builder has been, since it basically, since it's come out, has been my main tool for making encounters as a DM. Um, oh, yeah. because it's all it's missing is something to make him happen that's literally all it's missing and I will not be surprised if in like two years there's a map editor in, in that as part of the encounter builder within yeah. I would not be surprised because the like the uh, the combat tracker was only introduced within the last six months uh, oh, is it? oh, it's the way, yes, and uh, yeah, cause they, they had the encounter builder, but yes, the combat tracker on the side that tells you who rolled what and what they got and everything, yeah. and the fact that it can be, it, it only recently was that able to be shared, previously you it was only your own feed of dice you rolled, but now it's shared within the campaign, so if uh, if Martin, if you as the log roll a strength check, yeah. everyone else can see what you got in your strength check on yeah. screen, which is really really cool. And they've also for, for transparency purposes, purposes more so. Like and they've, they've also implemented the app now only like a few weeks back. They they put in the option to um uh, do GM rolls to roll yourself, and uh, you can yeah. and if you're a player, you can specifically roll a dice for the GM only, and only they will see it. it will only, it will only appear in the GM's feed, which is very very cool because there's a lot of stuff like that that is hard to account for when you're playing in person or well sorry it's easy playing in person you could just be like yeah. you could say come, come here a second and you bring him around to the back side of the of the dungeon master's screen or something and you pass him a dice and go roll that there and then you can see only the two of you can see behind the screen so you see what rolls out cool you can take you can see it sit down again um i think that's a very very cool one um or like this kind of similar stuff where you could message someone something yeah like, when you're when you're when you're working virtually it's the equivalent of bringing someone into the other room and talking to them or whispering something to them or something like that uh, and you can just message them on on some sort of chat yeah, that's, and send it directly to them that's one and thing go i should have rolled this but only let me see it don't let anyone else see that rolling uh a, a wisdom save or something like that you know that's one thing i'll actually give zoom a shout out for um i just know it has this feature from work is that you can um you can change who you're messaging it to so like say if we were playing dd over zoom and i know like um some like someone had gotten corrupted and they're you know you're like you're okay so like they have to make a save or they're gonna like do something messed up so you're like you like you could literally individually message you can change the message recipient to just this one player and be like hey i need you to roll this don't tell anyone keep it yourself yeah and then they can roll message you back directly and you're the only one who will see that and you can see all the only and you can see all the private messages as well um, if you're on a Zoom call, whoever is the host of the Zoom call can see all the all the private messages that don't go to everyone as well. Which is a warning okay. for all of you guys out there. Um, if you're using Zoom if for work, if you're using it at work and thinking you're getting away with something sly. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I know some people who've been cat Um wow. But yeah, that like I think honestly, like if I'm if I was to pick a favorite digital tool of mine, D and D Beyond. It's just it's so it's, useful. It's got some it's features. So, it's just so core to. Even here's the thing, right? It's it's so core to playing online. I think it's it's mm -hmm. fundamental to playing to playing virtually. Um, but even playing in person, it's a great way of tracking your character on your phone or your iPad or your laptop or something like that, and not having to. And also, again, sharing your stats, everyone can see what everyone you know what everyone's doing. The DM. I, I used to have a thing. I, I used to have a thing where like I would sometimes um, need to know someone's stats, but because we didn't have D and D Beyond. 
um, I don't like. I actually don't know what this character's wisdom save is, or something like that. And I would want to message them, but I don't want to ask them specifically because yeah. they know something's coming for them. So I will either ask everybody what's what's everybody's wisdom save, and then everyone will tell me, and everyone's like, "Oh crap, what's it, what's he planning now?" Um, or something I would do as well is sometimes I didn't even need to know this information. Um, I would just go to a player and be like, "Hey, are you resistant to poison?" And they would go, "No." I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool." And I'd say nothing. <laughs> but I, I, would do, I would do different things to different people in the group. So I'd say that to you. And then I'd go to Dan and I'd be like, uh, I, I, I'd be like, hey, what's Struden's wisdom save? And he'd be like, uh, plus four. And I'd be like, oh, it's only four. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then I'd, just, I'd just play mind games with you to make, uh, so, and, and sometimes I'd ask all, all of you in the party, but only one of those is a piece of information I actually need. Um, but I, I don't want anyone thinking that I'm coming for them next session yeah. or anything like that. It's just I have something planned and I don't want to give anything away, so I'll ask everybody a question. And sometimes I just, I just do the mess with me as well. Oh, uh, yeah, always. Like, <laughs> I know, like, before D&D Beyond, um, I know people who used to have these, like, crazy spreadsheets that they would update on the reg every time, like, the, clear, the players left. Yeah, you, you, and other, you and a couple of other people I know who play, who are DM, that, like, literally, like, I'm just, like, why this is so un like this is so unnecessary but like there should be a solution to this and thankfully with dna beyond there is and like like cinder is great but you can literally go like these are the things i can do because of my race these are okay cool that's right click over these are what i get from my class that's cool click over this is my background and then like you can literally go and filter all those down and then further filter them by action and bonus action and all that kind of stuff it's just yeah it's so core it's it's almost it's like it's become ubiquitous to my experience of playing D and D now. Is D and D Yeah, yeah. Like, um, something, something came to mind there. Um, and we're not sponsored, but wizards, if you would like to. No. Not at all. Jeremy Crawford, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I was just thinking there, like just if we're talking about to get away from tools for a moment, it's yeah. all virtual t virtual uh, playing in general. Um, something came to mind there about about like uh, maybe like etiquette and stuff like that when you're playing virtually. Yes. Like we, we talked a little while ago about like the delay in the in the voice sometimes, so you may start talking, and then you accidentally cut over someone, and that's far more prominent when you're playing on a on a hangout or a Zoom call where there might be a little bit of latency. Um, you know, get, you know, be polite, give people their time, and, and make sure everyone gets a fair turn and stuff like that. But also, um, other things like sometimes we get things where uh, there's like static, or, or someone makes a noise, or moves something next to their their computer, and then it, you hear grinding along the table and stuff, and it's very loud on everybody's mic. You know, be conscious of stuff like that. And um, in particular, I uh, like earbud headphones mm -hmm. that come down with the microphone on the cable. Um, I despise on any call. People wear them at work sometimes as well. And I'm like, put on a proper headset, please. Because every time you move, all I hear is... Yeah. We can't hear oh, any I'm... of that because of the sound filtering yeah, on our mics. Yeah, <laughs> I'm to be so explicit about it. Um, but you just hear the microphone grinding against their shirt. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's really loud in everyone's ears and stuff. Um, and also, um, be on time. Because you can say there was traffic when you're <laughs> when you're making your way to, to a D&D &D session normally. But in the pandemic, where everybody's at home and all you have to do is go into the other room and turn on your laptop, you better be on time. Like you know, it's it's only fair to everybody involved. Yeah, I would also say um, another element is just good manners. If you're not talking, and you're not expecting to be called upon to talk for any kind of length of time, 
Mute yourself. Yeah, Mike, Mike is exceptionally good for that. Mike is so good um, he forgets to unmute, and then we just get well, a very, okay. very animated pantomime. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike is really, really good for managing his mm. microphone. Mike, Mike and his microphone. Um, he is really, really good for managing the microphone. Um, so like to the point where he will, he if he goes into a situation, he's like he will decide because we we did a thing at the end of last session. Um, where you guys went into a, a, an abandoned uh, yes. cave or, or, or um, catacomb, whatever you want to call it. It was it. A, um, like a tomb. Tomb, yeah, tomb, yeah, tomb is the best way to call it. Um, and he, he, when I started describing it, it twigged something in his head, and he was like, "Okay, my character, I'm going to shut up for this because I know stuff my character doesn't about this, so I'm not going to talk." And he muted himself for like a full twenty minutes while we were there. I um, yeah. <laughs> he only unmuted occasionally to say to, to chime in on stuff, but he mostly just kept to himself. He's like, I know stuff that I shouldn't because you know, character character um, player differences. But yeah. then there was also like the time. <laughs> I knew this was ago, coming. I knew this yeah, was coming. <laughs> where uh, and this is how good Mike is for for managing his microphone. Um, he they were in the underdark. They killed a bat demon. Um, they and some cultists. And then there was just this hell portal, like this circular hell portal in the ground that was just swirling wildly. Um, and he was just like, he decided, like, because he was like, is there anything we can do with it? And I'm like, I mean, that's up to you, whatever we're going to do. And there was kind of some mumblings about, do we try and go through it? We don't know where this leads, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, I stick my head through it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I stick, I stick my head into the portal. Now, I know this is a portal to literal hell, to one of the hells. Um, but you just stick your head into the far side of it. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. So I had no plans. I, I didn't think anyone would actually do this. So I had nothing ready. And I was like, okay. And it came to mind that I was like, oh, I'll go and look at the long-term madness tables uh, in the DMG. And I opened them up and I, I had Mike roll for it. And I had a roll and he got whatever number. And it was that you are so shook by what you've witnessed that you're unable to speak. You cannot speak or communicate in any way. Uh, or well, speak. I think it's just the main thing. Yeah. Um, and then I had him roll a d10 times 10, uh. and the number of hours that he's not allowed, or that he's not allowed to speak, and he rolled a 10. A hundred hours of silence. Oh, like four full in-game days. Yeah. He was not able to speak. It was and, about uh, four. It was about four weeks of play as well. I want to say it was more. I honestly, because that was on the way it down. It was. It was the very least a month. At the very least, it, it was a month or a month and a half yeah. where uh, of like so some about five, six, seven sessions where Mike did not speak. He, uh, like he occasionally he would ask a question to me or something like that, yeah. but he did not speak in character or have any sort of like input for like like seven weeks, which was major commitment. And he was he'd be asking me you know how many time, how many hours have passed, and I give him updates, and he's tracking them all on his character sheet. Um, and it was actually funny because. Uh, at the time, you guys had discovered that you you found a ring that had the ability to cast a wish, and you explicitly gave it to him because you're like his character can't speak, so he can't wish for anything. We should give it to him because it's safest with him. Yeah. Um, which is very very funny. And then I think also when he finally got his ability to speak back, um, the first thing he did, he didn't speak when he woke up for the day, uh, and he didn't tell you how long he had left, but he knew he could speak at that point. And the first thing he actually said was he let out a battle cry as part of his uh, zealous presence. presence uh, as part of being a zealous barbarian. 
I think so. I think that's what it is. Yeah, Zelda's presence. Yeah, uh, which was a, an epic, epic way of actually finally talking after like six or seven weeks of not talking. Yeah, that was rough as well because he could, he had just gotten that ability, and he couldn't do yeah, it because yeah. he couldn't let out a battle cry. <laughs> oh, but that's just a. Uh, not everyone needs to have that level of um, commitment to mic management. Mike, Mike is exceptionally committed in, uh, in some yeah. regards when it comes to DD. But as a baseline, if, yeah, like, say you're taking a lot of notes and you know you're not going to be talking for a while, mute yourself maybe. Um, or if there's like, or if there's like an important moment going on between two characters or like the DM and a player, mm. mute yourself because even if your character isn't in the room yeah or if your character is in the room because even not on even completely unintentionally you might knock something you might get a facebook message and your phone isn't on silence you might be have, have a tab open on your computer and it goes bloop in the middle of the conversation and funny yes it kind of haha but it does it it, it kind of it takes a little from the moment um and yeah. if you can kind of prevent that just by throwing yourself on mute for like a minute it's just yeah. it's just good manners really um I suppose other good etiquette, other good etiquette, like mute yourself if you're going to belch or like sneeze or something like that. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's just that's just good etiquette in all walks of life. Doesn't have to be a D and D game. Could be a work call. Could be a general phone call. Could be a, a voice note. Don't burp slash sneeze. Yeah, I know. Into and, a into a microphone when anyone else is listening on the other side. And you you think you and yeah I know and you think that'd be common sense, but kind of we think we've both worked in customer service. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I've had people like blow their nose and stuff like that. Oh, and like God. they obviously put their phone down. They're not holding their phone here while they're blowing the nose, but like, and it's still loud enough that I can just hear all the all the uh, elements moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just yeah, just be be mindful of that. Um, as well, I don't suppose like just in general, just be mindful of your other players the same way you would be if you were around the table. Just like. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty much inevitable that you're going to talk over each other just because of the delay either whether that's inherent to the program or just because your internet um, connections are, di- are different speeds and particularly if you live in Ireland where internet connections can wear, vary wildly yeah um, but we, we have some places that have fantastic internet and then some places that have terrible internet for no reason oh god we, we this country seems insistent on building houses in a dip regardless of what that does to your internet connection and it's something i had to deal with growing up and i've never been angrier at a ta- at like a city planner for building these yeah. houses in a dip i'm like you absolute prick could you not have foreseen broadband <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah i have something that i was saying in my mind is my mind is not blank yeah uh if you were to pick i suppose Oh, sorry. Just uh, one thing I thought would be worth a good mention, just because we are we we kind of only really exclusively talked about like Roll Twenty, Google Hangouts, D and D Beyond, um, and a little bit about um some other uh some other uh, like a why can I not think Oops. of it? Uh, yeah, some other I I could I could remember Platforms. I could remember the acronym VoIP, but I couldn't remember like video conferencing software. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, in terms of like a virtual tabletop, other ones that I have heard of, I don't have a lot of, I don't have any or a lot of or any experience with them really. Would be um, I know Tabletop Simulator has um, ha- which is available on Steam. Has uh, I know some people use use that for D and D. It's literally like a virtual tabletop that you can see all your usernames around, and you can it uses real uses in game physics, and you can actually like roll dice and stuff like that. And I think there's like some either expansions or like. DLC you can get for that specifically for D&D um, 
other than that as well. Um, it always looked really, really cool, but also like the the thing the thing about using tools when you're talking about virtual playing, mm -hmm. the tool has to integrate fairly seamlessly. The more the sometimes the bigger the tool, where it gives you more options, can actually just be more cumbersome. That's how I felt about uh, Roll Twenty for a long time. Yeah. And when the like I said, when the pandemic first came around, I was holding off. I'm like, no, we'll be able to play in a couple of months. And eventually, I'm like, okay, it looks like we're just gonna have to learn a new tool here in order to continue playing because th this thing is not going away. Um, and, and like again, um, Tabletop Simulator has some really really cool. I've seen I've seen people using it. And I've seen yeah. videos of it, and it does look fantastic. And you even get to see people pick up their dice and throw them on the table and stuff. It looks awesome, but again. That would strike me as one that is maybe, and I have no experience with it. This is purely from a, an outside perspective of little bits I've looked at. Mm -hmm. It looks like it'd be cumbersome. If everyone's willing, and if everyone's willing to learn the tool and stuff like that, then great, by all means. Um, but for me, it seems like the kind of thing that that might be more of more work to implement than it would benefit the game. Yeah, you know. I think like the three things you're probably looking out looking most for from your tools when you're playing virtually, ease of use uh no very very low or no learning curve um yeah. cheap as possible and consistent i was gonna say accessibility as in cheap yeah it, it should be something that everyone has access to you shouldn't have to have a pc it should be available on phones and ipads and other yeah. stuff as well um i think that's where that. google hangouts has a big plus because you can literally use it on anywhere. anything yeah. like one of our players regularly uses it on a on, on um, an ipad yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's it's totally it, wor it works perfectly fine. And uh, and that but that player and another player also swap over to their phones mid mid yeah. session. They'll mute their their uh, computer or their tablet. They'll mute that, and then they'll open up their phone and join the call on their phone. And they'll bring the phone outside where they go for a cigarette break. And then they're but they're still in. They're standing yep. outside, but they're on their phone and what watching and listening from their phone and stuff like that. And yes. it's it's really really fluid it's just just it's just hop on hop off thing you know? yeah, like we've even had situations where like someone was running late and they they just joined the call and muted themselves but were still in the call for like the whatever like the, the short car trip they had to get home um so they could they, they didn't miss what was going on and basically as soon as they got home unmuted hey guys i've been listening the whole time i'm in i'm good to go yeah that yeah. kind of thing um so i think like yeah just for ease and use and just the fun little stuff like the virtual background which discord actually doesn't have um, which 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 is a shame because we could have some mm. cool spacey stuff behind this for for Mike Flares if it did, um. But yeah, I I would just I would put I'd rank Google Google Meets Google Meetings or Google Meets or Google, yeah it's Google Meeting because Google Hangouts is the one that like swaps every time someone speaks which I would say isn't ideal for D and D. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right. It, it is Google Meetings technically. Yeah. You go on, you go into the Hangouts tab. No, that's wrong. I think the no, sheets. You just open your screen. you just open your Gmail inbox and on the left hand side there'll be a bar and you there'll be a, a button for like new meeting and you can just click yeah, the meeting yeah. and make one and invite people. It's really, really simple, really easy. But yeah, just like consistency, uh, cost effectiveness and quality are the three things you should never compromise on, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, and like uh Yeah, I, I think I think there's gonna be I think I'm quite happy with our virtual setup now. I've gotten comfortable, I know what to do. It still bugs me a little bit when I have to try and predict where mm -hmm. a session is going to go if I need to plan something in um, in Roll Twenty because again, you can assemble some great stuff, but it's just it's just taking an extra thirty minutes to assemble a map and put in all the right minis and search for them and stuff like that it can be a little bit cumbersome. Um, so and, and like I said, it can be hard to predict where your session is going that week, particularly if you're at a at a fork in the road and you don't know if the players are going to follow this lead or go on this quest or whatever. And you're like, I don't know what to plan. 
and you don't want to. It's the same as you who work with minis and dwarf and forge something like that at home. You don't want to make like a like spend ages putting these pieces together and building out this map on a, on a piece of wood or something, and then uh, the players are like, "Let's go do this other quest." And you're like, <laughs> That was forty minutes of my life. Sure, yeah, cool. Oh god, we we had a bit of that in the Spider City in our in our last uh, in our last session where people picked a fight with us. They really they really shouldn't have, and it ended very quickly in our favor. I yeah, I had a I had a, a an old wood elf town. It was long abandoned, but there was a tear to the shadow fell there that was kind of bleeding through and making it all a bit haunted looking, and it was it was also completely run overrun by spiders. Um, uh, and the guys killed the spiders, which were all really low level, but they were also shrouded by an illusion, which made it very hard to fight them. Uh, I made it a bit of a slog. And then after that, the combat that should have been tough, which was fighting some Shatter Kai, um, within the first round, our Bloodhunter got two really insane shots from 10 feet out with his longbow, hit this person twice in the chest, and took them down to, like, I'd say, a, li a, a little under 20% of their health in like a state in just two shots and then he was like are you sure you want to do this and I'm like you know what <laughs> you, just, yeah. you just did about 60 or 70 points of damage in a round there I'm going to roll intimidation for me <laughs> and he rolled, uh, he rolled high uh, I think he had like a 19 on the dice or something yeah. like that uh, and I was like yeah no these guys are like wow he's really good with a bow let's not mess with him <laughs> yeah the sharpshooter is a hell of a feat Sharpshooter is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it is the one thing. Yeah, because I suppose it's just because you've to play virtually, you kind of it's almost like setting up dominoes, right? So you the first one you set up is yeah, internet has to be perfect. Then I have my mic, then I have my video conferencing software, and then I have my character sheet. The character sheet ninety percent of the time would be totally fine. Ninety nine percent. I've I've never had like I've actually never had a problem with my character sheet and on D and D Beyond or 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 anything else like that that we've used, right? It's the other dominoes, and when one of them falls, they all over. Particularly if the one that falls is your internet connection. Yeah, that's that's like the crucial yeah. uh, structural joints there because if that comes away, then everything comes apart. Unless you but, uh, uh, unless you're gonna go uh, for the you know the 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 tin cans and string method. From like a house across the street, just being like, "I'm gonna roll with advantage." For what reason? <laughs> <laughs> but Connor, yeah. um, if you had to give, shall we say, let's say like your top three like pros and cons of playing virtual, what would you say they are? Oh, okay. Oh, top three. Okay. Um, or look, it doesn't have to be three, but just uh, I suppose like things to be aware of. Good, the good, like, the things you like about um, playing virtually, and things you think that people you either don't like or that people should be aware of before they go into playing virtually. Uh, I'll start on the cons first before I end on the positive <laughs> That's um, a solid idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, firstly, and probably one of the main ones and one of the main reasons I resisted and actually a reason why a different D&D group I was in kind of fizzled out was because we were playing in person and there was a, a massive, obviously we were playing the game having a great time, but there was also a massive social aspect to that where we all really like sitting around the coffee table and having and chatting with each other and it would, and we'd take breaks, we'd, we'd play for long, we'd play six, six and eight hours, we had long days, but we'd take breaks regularly and we'd go and grab a drink, a cup of tea, and we'd chat a little bit about what's going on. And it was a real social aspect to it. 
uh, and we'd often order food in and stuff like that and we'd stop to eat our food and we'd just be chatting about other stuff that kind of goes away a little bit not all together but mm. a little bit when you're playing virtually and uh, you can still chat obviously and we often do we, we start usually at like 7 well we intend to start at 7 but we, we join at 7 and then by half past we're like right will we start yeah, because we've yeah. just been talking about stuff that happened in the week or shows we're watching or games we're playing or whatever um, so there is still a social thing but there's a um, I don't know how to describe it there's more of a uh, I don't want to say a physical social thing because that suggests certain uh, things but um, ju it, it's just about being in a room with a person you know and face to face interaction face to face interaction and there's no delay in audio there's no static yeah um, <laughs> also also with it, uh, shut up <laughs> uh uh, but also, like, you can think about a chat room, right? Mm. When you have four people in the chat room, all those people are having the same conversation because only you can't have two people here, two people here talking. One person is talking and three people are listening, and then someone else is talking and three people are listening. Whereas if you're in a face to face situation, I could be talking to you, and then those people over there can have a conversation to themselves, and this other person could be on the phone because they got a call from their mother or whatever it is. And, like, that's uh, usually me. It's called my mother in D and D all the time. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, it's it's so. But I mean, there's a there's a social aspect to it where it's a bit more interactive. It's a bit more. Mm -hmm. It's a bit more human. Just, yeah. It's a bit more human. Uh, you you know, seeing being in the same room as people and, and stuff like that, and, and just kind of bouncing off each other and having multiple conversations and uh, and all that kind of stuff is is you know yeah. It, for example, to put it in D and D terms, I guess if the DM is explaining something. In a re in a, re uh, a table, if you're in person, the DM's explaining something. Someone can turn to someone and go, "Hey, um, what's our role here for this thing here? Is it this and this or that and that?" And you can you can have a small little sidebar. If you're doing that in a voice chat, you kind of get to wait for your turn and go, "Sorry, can I just stop things for a second? What, what am I rolling for this?" And you have to ask. And yeah. it's not there's no problem by all means. You should always ask if you don't know how a rule works. But it's just that could happen way more fluidly totally. when it comes to um totally. that's that, that's my that's my one that's probably but probably one of my bigger ones as well yeah is there's a certain dynamic and flow that disappears when you're when you're using virtual stuff it's not bad bad it's just a, a degree less uh like a lot of us now are using you know uh zoom and hangouts and all this other stuff uh as our social interaction because we can't meet each other in public um, and it's it's kept most of us going, but it's not. No, it's not. Safe. It's by no means the same as meeting up with your friends in person, like you know. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, it's the best possible substitute, um, and it's I've been very, yeah. very, very grateful for it. Um, particularly for just for keeping me keeping me sane, and particularly like just for keep. Uh, it's been a way to mark the passage of time when everything was very much the same, and we literally couldn't leave our houses a while back. Um, but uh. Your positives then? Uh, well, that's that was just my one. Oh, okay, one <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll go way faster. I'll please, way no, faster. no, please, uh, please continue. <laughs> that that was one. Uh, two, there can be a lot of moving parts when it for both players and DMs when it comes to playing virtually. Because you have your Zoom window or your Hangouts or Discord window open, and then you also have D and D Beyond open in a tab, and you have a separate tab then roll twenty, and then. You've got a, and maybe you have a, a chat or something else. Or you've yeah. got a bunch of different stuff going on. Um, I will. I will, if I can just interrupt, uh, particularly as well if you're trying to arrange music that everyone can hear. Yeah, that's that's a. Did you have to share like a, uh, a Spotify link and stuff like that? Yeah. 
it's yeah so it can be there's a lot of moving parts it can be a lot to manage as a dungeon master and even as a player because again you've got to come with more tabs and more things signed into and all the texture stuff sometimes you're using a laptop and your phone because the call is on the phone the laptop's here with your stats on or something like that and you're kind of juggling, juggling multiple devices and stuff so there's a lot of moving parts whereas if you're playing in person there's a lot of stuff in the dm but the players can basically just show up and as long as they have their dice and their character sheet they're good to go you know yeah um there's not a lot else after that uh thirdly uh as a negative hmm, i'm struggling to find one now i guess there's a lot of buy-in if you if you're if you own a lot of the physical stuff maybe there's a bit of, a bit of a buy-in thing uh where you've got to buy books digitally or uh finding maybe paying for something like roll 20 premium where you want to get access to those sp uh, tokens that they yeah. have and stuff there's maybe a bit more buy-in uh again that's only if you already play physically and you now as a result of the pandemic or something have to play digitally um but that's not that won't affect everybody but that we'll just call it my third uh positives um you get to play D D. yes <laughs> because again most of us can't hang out in each other's houses um for one reason mostly for one reason but because we're either it's a, it's vaccinated or because there's a surge in cases or whatever the reason is we can't hang out together um that's a pain we get to play first and foremost positives you get to play D D. Mm -hmm. um that's that's probably one of the biggest things and then on top of that i guess positives uh, it's easy uh, it, well i i, I can i'm kind of contradicting myself here but if you know like you don't need to travel you can just uh, which makes it super super easy if like you would otherwise need to travel a half hour to the other side of town yeah you know to to go to someone's house and then it's to drive home after it and it's costing you you know petrol money or whatever or just taking time because there's a commute to someone else's house whereas i know i said there's a there's a buy-in and a certain tabs you need to have open but at the end of the day it's it's some in some cases it's far easier than traveling x amount of time to get there yeah. wasting x amount of fuel i won't say wasting using x amount of fuel to get there and then having to come home uh, and it's a lot of stuff like that whereas if you can just go cool i'm going into the other room i'm going to boot up my laptop and i'm going to go you know um that's nice as well so if you're someone who uh wants to play with someone far away or you don't have access to people around you best 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 possible thing definitely try and get involved in games you know so and, and groups and, and and stuff like that uh third positives i'm struggling on that one as well i can think of one in particular in regards to roll 20 which is they give you a large variety of to of tokens and creatures that you can search for in the free version that you may not necessarily have access to physically yeah yeah um there's a lot of there is a lot of tools actually i suppose one of the positives is there is a lot of tools we were uh, we were talking have, about you have your choice we were talking about this just before um the podcast actually started before we started recording was that the things you will miss when you go back to playing physically and there were two you yeah, mentioned in yeah. particular that i that i completely agree with uh i forget what one of them was because i'm only one's coming to mind the one that's coming to mind immediately is that uh fog of war thing on roll 20 um because i will I'm I'm trying to figure out a way I can effectively implement that into my home game that isn't that doesn't involve something crazy. Like if I bought a cheap big TV and put it down and then plugged the HDMI my laptop into it, could I do it that way or something? I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, like something like that. There's tools like that. What's what's the other one I said? Uh, the the ping tool and the ruler tool in Roll Twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you're kind of there. Yeah, um, they're super easy to use. The ping tool is 
I suppose that's not too bad in person though, because you could just go, "Oh, I want to move to here," and point at the thing because it's usually a foot and a half away from your <laughs> from your hand. This is true. But um, uh, the, so the ping, yeah, the the ruler. Again, it's not. It, it, it it's a difference between clicking here and dragging with the mouse, or going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're thirty five feet away. <laughs> You know, so I, I don't think there's a huge difference in, in that. I like it because I can, like, try and plan things and measure things out and without giving away what I'm planning. Because uh, you can toggle, uh, you can toggle oh. it to be not visible to others. Yes, okay, that's, that's the third positive. If you're a dungeon master, you can put on GM layers on roll 20, and you can have your fog of war that you can see through, but the players can't, it's just black for them. Um, and you can hide minis... Um, like you can have them set to invisible for the players and then you could be like suddenly some four assassins drop invisibility around you and it could be a really great moment whereas if you're a, uh, a dm you have to have those hidden away in a drawer or like tucked in behind your laptop and in between <laughs> the laptop and the the dm screen and they're just tucked away in there and hopefully no one saw me take those out um so yeah so there's definitely a, a few uh, there's more tools maybe that allow you to have that separation between DM and player if you want to go for something that is uh, if you want to surprise your players mm. or, ca or catch them off guard or something like that yeah no um, I think yeah, I just really enjoy that 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 aspect of it like the, the extra particular DM tools they give you like like the like the GM layers the fog of war the rulers the pings all that kind of stuff but yeah I think uh, the people I think like uh, virtual uh, virtual place is particularly good as well for um like you mentioned, if someone like moves away, or if someone like, yeah. like, uh, if someone has to go on like a bit, like if someone has to like, I know like when we were playing with um towards the end of like my my time in college, like there there'd be people who might we might be like a year behind us in college, and are they're doing like placement, and they're moving to like a different city or a different country in some cases, and they're able to continue playing because of the virtual connection. Um, like yeah. most of the most of the popular streamed um D D games we were talking about this as well, most of them aside from Critical Role. Um, are done through like Roll Twenty or some other virtual yeah. tabletop, and and a, and a call just like the one we're on now. Uh, so I think like it's it's definitely probably I reckon it, it's it's definitely here to stay. Um, whether it will be as prevalent now as it is, uh, now as it is, uh, whether it'll be pre as prevalent in the future as it is now. Um, as I struggle over my words, um, <laughs> I don't. I, I would hope not. Just the, the heat has baked you, Martin. You can't think straight anymore. Christ, man! It's so. This is the first time. This is the longest I've worn sleeves for the entire day. I chose. I chose no sleeves personally. I. I. I and I'm still roasting. Yeah, I just a vest. I just had a vest and tattoo. A vest and like heavily tattooed. Didn't look extremely professional for hosting my podcast right now. <laughs> it's it's one of we professional. Uh, true. 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 But Martin. Yes, Connor. That's all the time we have for today. Ooh, it's been a fun one. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed talking about that. Um, I think we made some decent, some decent points, get some decent advice. Um, I think it's it's just become such a normal part of part of our routine now to play virtually. That I think it's it's good to give like a little insight and kind of advice for people who maybe aren't so used to it, um, and are maybe running into some of the same barriers that you did. Yeah, it, it can take it used to, and I'm I'm kind of a creature of habit in that way that I I, I tend to be a bit abrasive when it comes to trying something new, um, which is stupid because I, historically every time I try something new, I typically like it uh, for the most part, or or at the very least, I'm not like I'm not like that was the worst thing ever. Typically, I'm like that was fine, but if I don't want to do it again, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like, 
there's definitely arguments to be said for both sides, um, and I see that now, having played virtually for many, many months. But I think that we, um, I, 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 I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I think, I think virtual, even before the pandemic, there was a big push for mm -hmm. virtual stuff. Uh, Roll twenty, D and D Beyond, a bunch of other stuff were already around at that point to uh, facilitate people who are playing uh, over long distances and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So I, I de it's not definitely not going anywhere. Uh, but I, it'll be interesting to see um, if they will be, I don't know, more eager to buck up their their platforms and provide more service. Like for example, would D and D Beyond do like a map based thing, or or would Roll Twenty yeah. refine their system a little more, or something like that? Because they want to keep up and they want to, they really want to corner that uh, that digital market. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, just one other interesting thing to note. Um, I saw it in an article recently that the BBC ran on D and D in the pandemic, and I think it was there was a two hundred percent increase in new players over the course of the pandemic. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Wizards recorded, which is insane, but completely understandable. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that it is. A really entertaining game where you get to have social interaction with your with all your friends, and you can do it online and primarily virtually. Um, I yep. think that's it's that's kind of why so many people jumped in the pandemic. That's, but, uh, that's a wonderful thing. And uh, truer words never spoken. But Connor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet, uh, mostly or sometimes. On Twitter at zero point Connor Z E R O P O I N T C O N O R one N very important, uh, and you can also find me on the Mike Blair's podcast every Friday at six p.m. Irish time. Um, on I don't have my thing up. Sorry. Uh, oh, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> on all of those things, Anchor as well. Anchor also, yes. Anchor as well. Uh, on all of those things that Martin and I just said, you can find us there on the, on this podcast that uh, comes up there every Friday, six PM Irish time. Indeed. Uh, Martin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mostly on this lovely podcast, the My Claire's Podcast, every Friday evening, six PM Irish time. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at so sorry it's over, um, and you can also find me on the My Claire's Podcast Twitter account, which is at Mike Flair's Pod on Twitter, which you will find in the bottom right hand corner of our of your screen, along with links to our YouTube and Spotify accounts. Um, but yeah, that'll be a, a goodbye from me. Bye. And a goodbye from Connor. Hello, folks. And we will see you next time on the Mike Flair's Podcast. Bye bye. <laughs>